Welcome to decaf. Um, I have been really excited about this because Mark and I haven't really talked this week. Oh, first of all, we should talk about what we're wearing. Um, Mark and I, our, our teams are facing off in the playoffs and I really didn't want this. I really wanted Alabama to play someone that was not Notre Dame because Mark is going to give me hell for it start to finish, but <laughs> we, we are wearing our team gear today. Mark, show it off. I don't want to see it, but show yes, it off. My jersey for the Ian book, the, um, the quarterback there. So I can get the last name on it, but yeah, it is a, it's an exciting day and we will talk later about how I still think Cincinnati got screwed, even though Notre Dame got in, but um, it's a, uh, it should be a good week and an exciting. we got about seven days here and Alabama has like the top three Heisman candidates too. So we'll find out what happens with that, but. I know I'm excited for the Heisman ceremony too, but the most exciting thing that has happened all year long happened this past weekend because Mark got engaged. Mark is getting married. Mark, congratulations. Guys, if you're listening to this, and you haven't seen her yet. She's way out of his league. Mark, you, <laughs> you bagged a total hottie. So congratulations. Yeah. How did, how did the proposal happen? You don't have to tell us everything, Thanks. but give, give me some. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was a, um, it, it, we've been dating for about a year and a half and I kind of had this whole thing planned to go to Cheekwood, which for people who don't know, it's kind of like a Christmas lights place in, in Nashville. Uh, I think it's, it's a garden when it's not, but it's like, they have this great, they actually, I actually emailed them to say, Hey, I'd like to propose my girlfriend here. And they do like, well, we have a pr proposal package. So obviously other people have also done that. Uh, a lot of money for, for just a little thing of champagne and, and a little like area to take pictures. But uh, it, she was really surprised. She had no idea it was coming. And, my parents flew in and, and her parents were also uh, kind of in the bushes because it was so important to her that, that her parents, I think, be there. So I did that. And then as um, I, it's funny because I was Googling how to propose, like make sure like I got down the right knee and everything like that. And then the one thing is like do's and don'ts, like do not have family there. I'm like, well, I can't, so that, that's too late for that. So <laughs> I'm over one, but it went well. And we all got dinner afterwards. And uh, I mean, she was really, I mean, I think she was really surprised. So it, it turned out well. Unfortunately, I posted it on Facebook about 10 p.m., when I was waking up at five the next morning and just got texts all night, which I mean, it was a positive thing, but um, I didn't sleep that much that night, but it was, it was a good night. That's so great. Congratulations, Mark. I'm excited. I have so many questions. Mark told me about this. I will say, I might be ruining something, but after their first date, I went into Mark's office and said, how was your date last night? And he said, I think I met my, I think I went on a date with my wife. And that no, yeah. was a year and a half ago and I'll never now, forget yeah. it. That, but that's one of those things that would have been so creepy had uh, had it not worked out. Like if she didn't want to go another date with me, like, well, okay, who's this creepy guy? Um, and, and a shout out to Taylor who helped me with the ring. Um, I wasn't exactly sure to look for it. I even told her, I'm like, yeah, I had this ring to get you. There's like two carrots, but I didn't look at any other things. And, and Taylor was like, no, you need to look at these things. Like <laughs> these perfection things and these other things matter a lot. So don't just get the biggest carrot for the price. Yeah, so, I worked at a jewelry store. I was able to get a good ring. It was a little bit big, but I was able to get a good ring that she, that she really liked. So yeah, it's beautiful. I worked at a jewelry store for a long time and I'm putting those those eyes to good use. Um, so this was this was probably the most exciting thing. I'm so excited for you guys. I just, oh, our little Mark is getting married. Our little Mark is like four years older than you, but yeah. <laughs> I always say this, you're older than me, but I regard you like a little brother sometimes because sometimes you act like it and you drive oh. me insane like a little brother does. I also, I also have the sense of humor of a 12 year old. So it makes sense why you would think that. <laughs> right. Your potty humor. Yes. I, even though I laugh at it anyway, he's the one that does it. <laughs> well, nobody said you're mature, just that I'm immature. Yes. So, uh, I appreciate it. It was, it was a good night, though. I'm excited to kind of spend my life with her. I think she was uh, 
it's hard to find somebody who you really can be yourself around and just kind of, and you don't feel like you have to uh, change who you are to make somebody happy. So, I mean, I should have to, but for some reason she's okay with it. So Mark, you're like making me really tender right now. I'm very emotional today. Okay. And that was really sweet. Okay. Well, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm done for now. <laughs> no, I didn't know he had it in him. Okay. We got to talk about something more lighthearted before I have an absolute <laughs> breakdown. Um, so let's talk about something that's not as exciting. Um, the stimulus package oh, that came gosh. out this week. I I called it Porculus on Instagram. I did like a like a recap of some of my favorite tweets about it and called it Porculus. The people loved it because that's really what it was. I mean, if you look at it, Mark, it all started with something that Mark posted on Facebook about how for the amount of money that came to be in that package. Americans Americans could have gotten what like $7,000 each or something like that but then it just went to all these random places I remember years ago I don't you were in politics at this time I'm like still emotional about that story by the way (laughs) I remember years ago Senator Tom Coburn he was a doctor he ran for senate from Oklahoma and he used to do the government waste book where he would talk about all the for lack of a better term crap that the government spent our tax dollars on things like how fast can a shrimp run on a treadmill underwater like ridiculous things and this stimulus like package, studies in Pakistan which is one of the things that they have on there <laughs> like what in the world horse racing um getting subsidies for horse racing and steroids for horse usage I mean just the most insane things and I think that's my biggest gripe with government in general is call things what they are don't try to sell us on this stimulus package when it's really just, it's like farm bill 2.0. Like, you know, if the farm bill is what the, what Congress passes that keeps all the pork going on for years and years and years, essentially, this is like farm bill 2.0. It's ridiculous. And yeah, the the post referring to was Anthony Davies, who's like this great uh, professor who who I've dealt with before. And he, yeah, so if the amount of money they did, it would be $7,000 for a household or $30,000 $30,000 for families that have um, experienced unemployment during this, if they just did families unemployment. So the idea is that this bill is insanely expensive, but if you're going to do it, which I mean, I think we could argue whether we should do it or not. I think I would probably say no, right. uh, but if you're going to do it, you should at least do it to the families who need it. Not yeah, Not giving all this pork spending. And honestly, I mean, obviously Trump is um, going to be out of office here pretty soon. And I mean, it, what, a, what a great way, I think, to end his tenure if he if he vetoed this and say, no, like, this is awful. The spending's awful. And I mean, and, and, and the speech he gave, I saw he did a little uh, video last night basically saying this is a garbage bill. And I mean, he's right about that. So I think that would be really going out. Um, I know he's had some issues, but everybody would be going out in a place of glory saying, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm the one who vetoed this awful piece of legislation. Yeah, that speech is what reminded me of Tom Coburn. It gave me big Tom Coburn vibes because he was talking about, he was listing the most egregious things in the bill and how much they cost. And I was like, you know what? I don't know who you are. I don't know who you voted for. I think that across the board, unless you voted yes on that bill, you probably agree with the speech that President Trump made. Because, I mean, truly, I had people, like my most liberal friends, friends who identify as socialists, responding to my Instagram story and saying, we finally agree on something. <laughs> well, I think I think AOC and Nancy Pelosi were like retweeting Trump. So, I mean, with yeah. that... I know. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a really big deal. And, and now she voted for it. So I guess I don't, but AOC to her credit said like, how are we supposed to vote on a bill? that's like 5,500 pages in like 20 hours or less than that. Like you can't read what's in it. And this is something that they lifted the rules for the specific bill. And it's just, it doesn't matter where you're at. Like 
you lose faith in government when you see this awful bill that clearly was written or at least partially written by lobbyists and you have 15 hours to read it when nobody in the history of in the world could possibly read something that in, in detail in that short of time and they have to vote on it. That's that's a messed up system right there. They wheeled it in on hand trucks. They wheeled this bill in on hand trucks in banker boxes. Like that's insane. They do know there's an internet, right? I don't know if they're aware. I know, but they should have just read it digitally. Get those people a Kindle. They have enough money for a Kindle. But I, I was doing some just, and I'm not good at math. Mark knows this. I'm not good at math, but I was wondering what $600 is the equivalent of, of people paying in income taxes like every year. And the average American pays at least $600 in a month to two months in, in income taxes, like the, mi the middle income brackets. And that's not like an exact science, but I was looking at kind of like the middle income brackets. Yeah, so about $7,200 a year. Yes. And it's just insane. So if you want to do something to help people, instead of giving us the scraps of all of these foreign and business incentives, do something about the income tax structure. Like, let's think sensibly here. Like, I hate that Mark and I, sometimes we just complain and we don't have any solutions. But if I, if I could have it my way, I would do something to, to help Americans who are still paying incomes during this terrible season and do something about the income taxes instead of just spending money here, there, and everywhere. I mean- Here's another, here's another solution. Don't shut down businesses. If you don't shut down businesses, you don't have to worry about this. I mean, this whole thing is based on, and it's insane that- the government is coming in as like the savior. Oh, we need to do this for this. It's like, guess what? If you didn't shut down my business four months ago, or you didn't shut down my employer four months ago, um, I wouldn't be in the financial need that I currently am in. And yeah. I wouldn't be paying my rent on these things. So I think that it's great that, I mean, I get why they want to do something, but let's remember what the cause of this problem was, right? It's, I mean, COVID of course has an impact, but it's the shutdowns that caused these problems for businesses. COVID is the one who forced business to shut down. It's the government. And we need to remember that during this time when, or get the, it's always great when they give us our money back. It means that we're paying more taxes at a later point. It means right. our grandchildren are the one paying for it. So let's not remember, let's remember the government's not giving us money, but they are taking away money when they shut stuff down. Well, they're taking away money even when things are open. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and they're taking away even more when they shut stuff down. Exactly. It becomes more egregious and more offensive when they're the cause of shutdowns. And then, you know, there's something to be said for individual responsibility. And I understand being safe and restaurants doing safe practices, but there's something to be said for individual responsibility. We talked about it a million times. If you don't want to go to a restaurant, don't go to a restaurant. Like, whatever. As so, a nerd, I went to a restaurant. I'm in Pennsylvania here at home. I went to a restaurant last night. So every indoor restaurant is shut down. They will not allow them to open. But you can go to an outdoor tent, which has a heating system and is exactly the same as an indoor restaurant, which I did last night. I got dinner and no restrictions on that. It, it, it's so insane, the policies. I mean, I've, the governor of, of Pennsylvania, Tom Wolf, has been um, one of the worst people. One of the worst. In, in, yeah, in the world. I mean, it's been awful here. And but, uh, telling businesses, they had to shut down for three weeks. Any restaurant, you cannot go inside. So if you don't have an outdoor area, I mean, I don't, I don't see how you survive at this time. I know I was in Michigan last weekend and the same thing was happening and we were in this food hall picking up. We got like one thing from a bunch of different places and we're browsing around this food hall. I'm eating French fries out of my bag while I'm going to these other places, but we can't go sit down because the tables are shut. So, I mean, it's just the hypocrisy, the radical hypocrisy. I think I've used those two words in conjunction more this year than I've ever used any other time or any other words, but it's just there the regulations make no sense. They're actually hurting people. And when we say that we're hurting them, when we say that we need money, they're like, well, here's some money to cover your Christmas gifts, which it's just, it's insane, but we're going to pay for dog racing and, 
Uzbekistan. I don't know if that was in there, but it was ridiculous things like that. I, I, I just saw this vision in my head of you walking down this hall, just shoving fries in your mouth while you're shopping. Just, just like, I feel like that, that vision is going to stick with me. I mean, everyone else in that food hall in Michigan had the exact same vision, but in real life. So yeah, yeah, very lucky. I'm sure they were also part of that doing the same thing, but I mean, we all are, we, you know, it's insane. Yeah. If, if I'm not afraid to eat my French fries, then why aren't you telling me I can't sit at a picnic table, six feet away from the family beside me? It's, it's ridiculous. I could talk about it forever. I just think it's insane. And it becomes more and more insane when our tax dollars are on the hook for even more bad decisions. Oh, makes me furious. Um, so let's change the subject before my blood pressure really skyrockets. This is not the time and place for that. But my blood pressure is going to skyrocket because we're about to talk about football. Um, you know, I love Mark like a brother. I've said it once on this podcast anyway. Sports are one time that we really just can't talk to each other. He kept taunting me last week during the Alabama-Florida game. You were. You were. Because I told you my blood pressure was going up. And you said, the game is tied. You need to calm down. That is no, blood pressure. No, no. I, first of all, I was trying to support you. I was saying Alabama is going to win this game. You don't need to worry. And they were up by two touchdowns. What I was trying to do was calm you down saying there is no way Alabama is going to lose this game. I was actually being supportive. So it wasn't well, like I was trying to You need I mean, to I do better. I said your defense was horrendous because it was. But I was, I was supporting you and saying you don't need to worry so much. I, Alabama is going to pull it out. I also said Tennessee was going to win last week. So I'm, obviously I'm not always right, but I did feel good. Hey, Tennessee played really well. If they didn't have so many turnovers, they stuck with them all game. They just kept turning the ball over. Dude, I know Tennessee, the way they played the game, they played better than we did in the second half. Like the way they just went out there and gave it their all. The turnovers were a huge issue. And, and, they, and they put their backup quarterback in. They played the third string quarterback. I, I was talking to Justin. He's like, man, if we didn't like do a couple of stupid things, like we were right in them. And that was the uh, – watching that game was the indication of what I thought. It's like Texas A&M is not good enough to be in the playoff, and they should not be in the playoff. No, you know, but you know who should have? What? Freaking Cincinnati should have. I'm yeah. My mind was – blown I was standing in the kitchen washing dishes and watching the announcements and I was absolutely shocked with what I was seeing in the bracket of the top four I mean Cincinnati also finished eighth behind a three loss Florida team finished ahead of undefeated Cincinnati it's I mean the committee's broken it needs to be fixed and Notre Dame did deserve to be in the playoff over for sure over Texas A&M and maybe Ohio State who only played six games but if if Notre Dame would have missed for Cincinnati, I would have been like, okay, you, you rewarded a team that went undefeated, won a, a good conference, beat a top 25 team there in, in the pouring rain. And now when they're not rewarded, they, they finished behind a three-loss team. That's, I mean, it's broken. When, when you get to the point where a three-loss team, who lost to an awful LSU team, it's not that they just lost to Alabama close, they lost to LSU at home. And LSU How, is undefeated a, team. LSU is abysmal this year. All right, hot take. I want to see if you agree with me, Mark. Yes. We need to expand the playoffs to eight teams. Yes, I do. I agree 100%. Absolutely. That's really? the only that's the only way a mid-major have a chance. And and I actually agree 100%. And I would say that you do there's five power conferences. You take the champions of each conference. You take the highest ranked mid-major, so team outside, which would be Cincinnati in this case, and then just the next two ranked teams. So in this case it would be something like I guess Notre Dame and and Florida or something like that. Mark, I I really like what you're saying right now. <laughs> I mean, it should be more like the NCAA tournament and you're not giving the small guy a chance. Like at this point, you'd say, what can we do? We, we went 11 and 0. We beat everyone. Our, we beat three ranked top 25 teams. We didn't lose a game and you won't even give us a chance to play for a championship. I don't know. Cincinnati might go and get blown out. I don't think they would, but they might. But give them a chance to play Alabama. Play them in the 1-8 game and say, you know what? At least give these guys a shot. They, they had an undefeated season. They could not have done anything different than they did 
it, it better. And you didn't, there's no chance that they'll ever be able to win a championship. Well, something I love about Cincinnati and teams from schools of that size that don't historically have powerhouse football programs like Notre Dame and Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, whatever, is they've got so much heart. They want it so bad. Like the BYU Coastal Carolina thing, the two undefeated oh. teams when they scheduled it and they went, they had so much heart watching college game day from Coastal Carolina that Saturday. It was just, they were so excited to get the spotlight on them for the first time in forever. Like they really, they really wanted it. And so I think expanding, like you said, expanding it to eight, giving some teams a chance, some undefeated teams, a chance to play one of the big teams. It, I don't know, it would do a lot for, first of all, it would do a lot for the ratings. Okay. I'm just going to say it for, for the media people. They should want this. ESPN should want this. It would do so much for the ratings. It would do so much for the conferences because, you know, when, when conferences have a team in the playoffs, they sell a lot more merchandise. It does a whole lot for the conferences in general. I don't know. I just think it, it, it allows the small everything. teams to be able to, it allows the small teams to be able to recruit right now. You say, you know what? I can go to Cincinnati, but I can never win a national championship because it doesn't matter how good we are. I can go to BYU. I can go to, um, Boise State, but you cannot win a national championship. And you've seen some of these small teams perform really well in the big stage. I remember when Boise State beat um, Boise State beat Oklahoma in that big game. Georgia lost to uh, uh, Central Florida when they played in the. Uh, so like some of these teams, when given a chance, can beat the big guys. But you need to give them a chance. It should be and like think about all the magic of the NCAA tournament in, in basketball. When a when a fifteen, I mean a sixteen seed beat a one a couple of years ago, and Virginia lost. Like you can never get that. The best case scenario is like, if Notre Dame upsets Alabama, that'd be a huge upset. But it's like. It's a, a one-loss team beating a no-loss team. It, yeah. It's upset, but it's not the same like feeling of these guys who will never play pro football. I mean, the Cincinnati team, you might have a couple of pros, but it's mostly guys who just love college football yeah. and are not good enough that didn't get recruited by Ohio State, and that's why they went to Cincinnati. Right. Giving them a chance. It's just – it's sad, but the playoffs should be good. I think Clemson is going to roll run over Ohio State. I don't think that's going to be close. I think Clemson's yeah. going to – and I'm not sure it's it's going to be close. I hope so. I hate Ohio State. I talked about this last week. You can't put legs on an acorn and make it a mascot. I <laughs> hate Ohio State. I can't stand them. I've always hated them. Um, I hope that is the case. But we'll we'll we don't have a podcast next week, so we'll be checking in after this first yes. round. That's right. And do you know it's funny that each of the coaches got a poll, like the vote on the poll, and Dabo Sweeney had Ohio State number eleven in his poll. Nick Saban had him at like number. Number five, eight. Oh, it was low. He had them not in the playoff because I mean, and that's what Brian Kelly, the coach in Notre Dame, said. He's like, coaches understand how much different an eleven-game season is from a six-game season. Most teams come between the seventh and tenth game. Like when you're forcing a team to only play six games, I mean, that's a lot easier to go undefeated than it is to go even ten and one. So I I think that I think Cincinnati should have been in, but based on what they had, um, they got the playoff. I guess as right as they could have. If you're going to ignore half the teams. Um, and I do think I think Notre Dame will be very competitive with Alabama. I think Alabama will yep. probably win, um, but it's a it's a twenty point spread, and I think Notre Dame will cover that. I'm thinking to be like thirty one twenty one or th- or thirty five twenty four. But I do think that it will be close. Notre Dame has an excellent defense, and they should be able to score in Alabama. I'm just not sure you can you can slow down that Alabama offense, no matter how good you are on defense. I know yeah. you've got Mac Jones and Devontae Smith and Najee Harris. You, you have like three of the top four Heisman candidates are all from Alabama. I mean, that offense is tough to stop. But I think the SEC, in my opinion, is more overrated than they've ever been. It doesn't take away from Alabama, but I'm not sure Alabama's seen a team like Notre Dame this year because I mean Florida is good, but they don't play defense either. So it'll be interesting to see what they do against a good defense. Uh, I'm sure they'll still score a lot of points, but. It will be close. I'd like to say Notre Dame's going to win. I just, I don't, 
think it's quite going to happen, but it will be a competitive game. And Taylor will have heartburn. That's all. That's all I think. You'll have some heartburn during the game. Oh, I will have so much heartburn. I was freaking out against Florida. Yeah, I'm not going to have such a fun night on that New Year's Day game. It is New Year's Day game, right? It is. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'm not going to have and so I, much. And, I, and then I think Clemson will beat Alabama for the championship. I'm sorry to say, but that Clemson team is that. That's a special Clemson team, and they have the best player in college football. No matter what, who wins the Heisman. Trevor Lawrence is as good as it gets. Okay, well, I hate them, and I can't listen to them. <laughs> At least it won't be Ohio State. <laughs> All I want for Christmas is another natty. Um, yeah, before we sign off, let's talk about Christmas really quick. Um, what, Mark, what are your family Christmas traditions? You're at home right now. I'm at home. I'm at my mother's beautiful house with her beautiful tree behind me. All my presents are under the tree. No one else has, has wrapped their presents yet, but all of mine are under the tree. There you go. Are you an early wrapper or are you a late, are you like a Christmas Eve kind of guy? I actually, so I had a new tr- Christmas tradition last year. I remember I was waiting for Kira at her house, but she wasn't there. So there's a bar right next to her house. So I wrapped my presents at the bar uh, and I was going there. It was like three o'clock on a Friday um, and I was off work. And then this year, like I, just to keep with tradition, I decided to wrap them at the same bar near her house. So that's kind of my new thing is I go to a bar, get some yeah. beer, burger and, and wrap my present. So I'm done most of them. I've gotten some late presents here, which I need to wrap. They're still not even here yet. Um, but then we celebrate my about 30, 35 people come to my, my family's house here, which is not that big. Um, so it ends up being an interesting thing. And, and my family's a lot of like yelling, drinking, uh, screaming about the Eagles. That's most of what it ends up being. Um, and then it's a lot more calm on Christmas Day. It's just me and my family. And then my aunt and uncle from the other side come over. And it's a, a much more calm day. How about you? Um, it's just me and my mom and my sister, um, my sister's fiance. We, we are going to have a boy in our house for Christmas for the last, I mean, my dad Ooh. was not around like for 10 years, there's not been a boy in our house for Christmas. And so we're going to have a boy here. We got his stocking all hung up with his mom, got him an embroidered stocking. And so that's going to be oh. new, but they're coming in today. They'll be here tomorrow night. Mom always cooks the same meal, beef tenderloin, twice baked potatoes, asparagus, crab bisque. Um, we do that. I think like the greatest Christmas that's, that sounds incredible. Oh, it's amazing. And then on Christmas day, she does, um, Thanksgiving 2.0. So she makes a Thanksgiving meal again with like dressing and mashed potatoes and green beans and all that stuff, because we love Thanksgiving food so much in our family. The crab bisque is a really nice addition. That sounds incredible. That's like such a good meal. Oh yeah. Crab bisque with a little sherry on top. Oh, like yeah, it, the double big, 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 wow. That's it. I mean, I've never been more jealous of what you're eating. We get chick- I, chicken nuggets though. That's our Christmas tradition. We get a hundred <laughs> pack of them. <laughs> crab loaded nuggets. We yes, we yeah. do the Christmas Eve meal and then we open presents. So um, Santa comes to the Dawson house. So Sarah and I don't get gifts until Christmas morning from Santa. But on Christmas Eve, we give mom her gifts that we got for her. We give each other the gifts we got for each other. And okay. then we get mom's gifts from Santa sorry if any kids are listening, on Christmas morning. Um, and then on the night of Christmas day, we open our stocking so that we make the gift giving stretch out all day. That's like, I actually, I mean, I know this is like, but Hanukkah has always like been appealing to me. I like the idea of like getting one present per day. Like I, I care a little bit, I get, but like that does, seem, I mean, it's cool to get them all at once, but like you get over with in about an hour and you're like, oh, well that's it. As opposed oh, to stretching out, you have the eagerness, but I do, I feel like Hanukkah would be fun. Like I, I'm thinking about doing like a Christmas Hanukkah like combo next year. Where oh, like, yeah, without obviously, I mean, I don't know anything about the traditions of Hanukkah other than the present giving, but I, I would just take that and, and follow that. But I mean, I think they, I think they have it right there. I think it's a lot cooler to do one gift a night and really get excited about it. Yeah. The Jewish people really got something going on. They got a lot of things going for them. Um, okay. Mark, what is one thing that you have wished for this year that you think you're going to get, or that you hope you get? I didn't actually ask for anything. I don't, I don't have, I, I asked for stuff for Sloan, but I mean, I'm, I'm pretty set. 
And I feel like now I'm an adult, so like the stuff that I want is stupid. It's like well, stuff like I would as a kid, I'd be so upset that I'm like, oh, you really want a new microwave, huh? That's what that's what you felt like you needed. <laughs> I mean, you're you're literally talking right to me. I asked my mom for um, a block of really nice knives. I asked for a wine purifier and an espresso machine. So very adult things. I okay, yeah, I can't say something. I actually got somebody a wine purifier too. I thought it's a great gift. I, that's what I asked for. And I go. actually, my sister ordered it on my Amazon account. So I know. <laughs> oh, there you go. I actually just got my mom. I made her open the present early, but I got her a Roomba because she's having, she's hosting Christmas Eve. So I'm like, I'm going to give it to you three days early so you can clean the house because I know that that's how she needs to clean it for Christmas Eve. So that was probably the, that's probably one of the best gifts I think I've got in my, my family, or at least the most expensive. <laughs> okay. I have to say Christmas Mark is like proposing to your lady, getting your mom a Roomba. Christmas Mark is like Very really classy. surprising me. <laughs> Yes, very classy gentleman. I think we all agree. Once, well, Jan- once January 1st comes, though, scumbag Mark comes back. So Yeah, the Grinch is back. The Grinch yeah. is back. Um, <laughs> well, we've had a really great year at Beacon. We got a lot of great stuff done. Got the right to work constitutional amendment through its first round. We're going to keep working on that, um, trying to get right to work put in the Constitution. Expanded telehealth, COVID business liability. We got a lot of Beacon Impact, our, our advocacy partner, got a lot of things really close to the finish line of the legislature this year, and then COVID happened. So we're excited to come back next year. We'll be revealing that agenda very soon for Beacon Impact. But we got a lot of really, a lot of legal wins, um, the TSBA case, the auctioneer injunction. We got a lot of really great wins this year under our belt even though it was a really difficult year our co-worker Jamie beat cancer Mark got a bride I mean we, <laughs> Stephanie had a baby like yeah. we're having a lot of we had a lot of great wins personally and professionally at Beacon um we don't have a podcast next week because Mark and I are both taking off so this is kind of like our farewell for 2020 on decaf and um just that's kind of my rundown of all the good things that have happened and um, I'm just really proud to be on the team. Yep. It's a great team. It's been a great year. And I think when we come back, we're going to do like kind of the best and worst of 2020. I think there's a lot of worse, but I think we should find some of the best things about this. Cause I think that one thing we've done well this year is we understand all the bad things are going to be like, try to point out some of the good things and try to make sure people are still thankful for that and, and work on some of the good things that passed, some of the good legislation that passed in this time instead of just focusing on all the awful things, but we're lucky to have Justin and Stephanie kind of leading our team. And um, we're, we're, I mean, we, we're stronger than ever right now, despite everything going on. So we're, we're excited about next year. So Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everyone. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you the first week of January. Where we're and happy Christmaca. So happy what? Christmaca. Christmas Hanukkah from the OC. Oh, yep. from the OC, of course. Yes. He's like back. Well, for, yep. for Justin's sake, um, his Seinfeld sake, Festivus is today. <laughs> right. So uh, for all you Seinfeld fans out there, enjoy Festivus. I know I will be. Um, <laughs> Merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy new year. And we will see you the first week of January.